Hello, everybody, and welcome to EduCreativity, the crazy creative side of education, where you can feel free to let your hair down, be wacky, be random, be you. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to EduCreativity. Today's episode is called To Flex or Not to Flex. And no, I am not talking about your muscles here. I'm talking about flexible seating. I feel like flexible seating has become kind of one of those buzzwords in education, and some teachers love it, others hate it, you know, it's just one of those things, but I feel like there are some ways that you can really use this kind of seating to to amplify the learning that happens in your classroom. And first off, I want to give a shout out to Joy Kerr. Uh, She encouraged me to uh, put this information out there. She encouraged me to write a blog post about it, but I really was thinking on it long and hard, and I thought that a podcast would be a better way because I would be able to talk to my students and really get their input on how to implement this seating in the classroom. So before we get to that, though, um, I want to back up. A lot of you know that I'm I'm in this group called Four O'clock Faculty PLN, and one of the things that we cling to in that group is to start with your why. So I'm going to start with my why here. About five years ago, uh, I had a student in my classroom who would not sit still. He just, and I'm sure you can picture your student in your classroom that is exactly like this young man. Well, I did not have flexible seating in my classroom, didn't have choice seating. Um, The kids were at tables, you know, the norm, the traditional. And he struggled so much to sit in a seat. And it frustrated me. I'm going to be honest, it did. And I kept trying to get him to sit and to do his work. And the, the amount that I fought him to, to do his work was just amazing to me. And I went to a differentiation con- uh, conference. And in that conference, they said, think of your most difficult student. And he immediately popped into my head um, because I struggled so much getting him to just do anything. And I, you know, they, it was a small enough conference that we could kind of share and without giving names, of course. And so I was sharing about the student and the lady looks at me and she goes, have you ever thought that he just can't sit in a chair? And I just looked at her and I'm like, what? She goes, maybe he just can't sit in a chair. And I'm like, what do you mean he can't sit in a chair? He goes, well, maybe it's painful for him to sit in a chair. Maybe he needs to move. Maybe that's just how his body's wired. And you know what? I had never thought of it like that before. So the next year, I transferred from 7th grade to 6th grade. And when I made that transition, I was really thinking about that kind of environment in my classroom. So that year, I decided that I didn't have seats yet, but I was not going to force my kids to sit in chairs. So that was the first rule that I had made, that, you know, if you don't want to sit in the chair, you don't have to sit in the chair. You can sit on the floor, you can stand up, you can 
you know, whatever works for you. So that's kind of like the building block. And then the next year, I did a donor's shoes and had the, the base of the flexible seating that I have in my classroom now. So that is my why. That is the backbone behind what I do and it's extremely special for me to reflect on that why because the student that inspired it all, the student that changed my classroom in a very positive way for so many other students is actually a student that we lost a year ago uh, to gun violence. So the fact that he can live in my classroom is just outstanding to me. And it just, I have a little piece of him. Every time I see a student on an exercise ball, every time I see a student laying on the floor, every time I see a student pacing back and forth like he used to, you know, he is in my classroom. So I, I just want to start there. I'm going to start with my why. Uh, I'm now going to let you listen to a couple of student student reflections on what they think about uh, flexible seating and the things that they think that teachers should um, do as far as implementing. So we're going to hear from them and then I'll be back and kind of talk about some of the rules and guidelines that I've put into place. But I just think it's it would be more impactful for you to hear it from the mouths of my students. So enjoy. So uh, how the flexible seating like impacts our learning so we're not sitting in like boring normal chairs or we're not being, like, <laughs> might not be comfortable. But we you know we're sitting and it makes us, you know, some kids focus more. Mm-hmm. Or maybe some kids, like, they can be, like, in a really comfy chair and just be really, really focused on, you know, what we're learning. So you really feel like that helps yeah. you focus? Okay. Yeah. Um, what what tips do you think you can give teachers as far as if they want, were wanting to have this in their classroom? Get comfortable chairs because some kids, for example, like, might not, like, be comfortable in the chair or get Something that has a backrest, or like, I don't know, just think with a backrest, because me, personally, I love having a backrest. Mm-hmm. I need my backrest. So how do you learn best? Um, I learn best in a chair that I can move around in. So say if you need a, even if you're like on the other side of the classroom, I can always turn easily. So I'm just scooting my chair. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. That was easy. Nope. It impacts our learning because we get to move around the room and it makes it a little bit more fun for us to learn. And it's not that expensive for us to do. It's not that expensive for you to get. You don't need to get, you, you don't have to go all out to get beanbag chairs or anything. And it's really fun for the kids too. So what's your favorite? How, how do you learn best? Well, I learn best because, well, my favorite is, well, one of my favorites is the box because you have the desk and it's not like, you don't move around too much and you, it's not that wobbly, so you can just stay in one place and focus on your work. And you put the lid over so you can work better, I guess. You can you could work in one area. But you also enjoy the ball. Sometimes. Yeah, I, I also enjoy the ball because whenever I'm not working on my work and I'm listening to the teacher, I can put my work down and bounce, and so I have something to do. Isn't that great? <laughs> 
I just love getting their point of view and seeing kind of where they're coming from and how they see flexible seating. And I love what the second student mentioned that you don't have to go out and buy something expensive. Um, the box he was talking about, I bought a, a blue tub and he puts the lid on the top of the tub and makes a desk out of it. And I have many students who will put, put pillows in, in this tub and, and sit in it. So backtracking a little bit, you cannot just go out and buy this, this stuff and, and expect it to work. It, it just won't. There has to, has to be guidelines that you set in place and really just expectations that you have with the students. So every year before I introduce the flexible seating, I talk about my rules. So rule number one is there's no fighting over the fun chairs. And I know I read an article that this individual who wrote the article that was something that they struggled with, that there was always fighting. Well, I, I lay down the law from the beginning saying that if there's fighting over the fun chairs, then you've lost fun chairs for a week. And just like setting that expectation. And I also, uh, rule number two is pick a spot that's best for your learning. And I explain to them that just because I like sitting on the couch doesn't mean that that's best for my learning. And I give examples. When I go over my guidelines, I give examples. I act like what I've seen to show them what is appropriate use and what is not appropriate use. I think kids need to see this, really of any age. I could see even high schoolers being being helped by seeing these examples of how to use this and how not to to use um, these seats. So I I go over that. Um, and then I talk to them about what is distracting and what is not. Now I will tell you, as a teacher, it did take a lot in me to get over the bouncing. You have to train yourself, at least at least this is from my point of view, you have to train yourself to be okay with them moving up and down and moving around constructively while you're teaching. As long as they're paying attention to you, then it's, it's good. Um, but I showed them distracting use of especially the exercise balls, um, distracting use. I have a tent. I gave the rules of the tent. So really, whatever you have in your classroom, you can have specific rules for those items. And you just have to continually lay down those, those rules, those guidelines. I had one class um, this year that struggled with controlling, I call them fun chairs, controlling the, the flexible seating. And I told them that they didn't have fun chairs and that they weren't going to get them back until we could, we could work something out to where I have their attention. Because if I don't have their attention regularly, um, then maybe they're not ready to take that step. Um, and it took a while, but we ended up kind of, kind of working it out. So you just have to understand your kids. You have to really lay down those, those guidelines. Uh, but it really can be an exciting thing for the students. And I loved that I asked both the students how they learn best. And 
for the second student, it was different for what he's doing. If he's sitting and working, he likes to be contained. If he is listening to a lesson, he likes the ability to move around. And I love that this gives them this flexibility and allows them to have choice. And that's, that's my big thing is student choice. That they can come into my room and choose where they sit, choose how they learn. But I tell them with that choice comes responsibility like great responsibility because if you have if you're sitting somewhere that's not best for your learning I'm gonna go up to you tap 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 you on the shoulder and say hey is this best for your learning and I need you to be honest with me because I'm asking you because I noticed I noticed things and for the most part they're they're honest with me and I go well how about we move and they're like okay and and they move so I, I just wanted to, to put this together and talk about flexible seating because I, I know I've seen articles pro and con and I've seen, you know, oh, it's a disaster if you tried to implement it or it's the most fantastic thing ever. I've, I've seen the spectrum and really I'm going to end like this in anything in education gamification, blended learning, um, flexible seating, you know, really anything. You have to do it in the way that works best for you. And that's just, just it. Gamification is not, is not going to work the same way for everybody. Flexible seating is not going to work the same way for everybody. But you have to find out how it works for you and how it works for your students and just take it one step at a time that way. And I think it's going to be great. And if you want to connect more, you can always find me on Twitter. My handle is at Mrs. Ledford 6ENG. That's at Mrs. Ledford 6ENG. Thanks for listening, guys.